Morning, church. Good to see you all this morning. Um, I'm a little bit lost for words after that because at the beginning there was an element of annoyance, kind of furious, disappointed, not happy, generally grumpy head because it wasn't going very well. Because you could hear, it was just, listen, I, I've, I, we have a, a great worship team up here and they do incredibly well on so many occasions. And we have a, a brilliant PA team at the back and everyone works incredibly hard. But occasionally things come against and there's technical problems and there's issues and everything that could go wrong seemed to go wrong this morning. And I was annoyed at that. And I, I was just kind of stood there and I'm assessing the situation and I'm, I'm praying and I'm thinking about everything that God's ever told me and everything I've ever learned and how do you deal with this situation. Do we just wait and allow it to sort itself out? Sometimes it's a waiting game. Sometimes you've got to be patient and allow people to sort things out. Other times you've got to step in and you know you've got to deal with the situation. I'm just kind of patiently waiting. Anyway, in the end, what needed to happen, happened. People took control. People grabbed a hold of it and took control of the situation and we got there in the end. And ultimately the goal of of what we do in the singing is to bring glory to God, is to praise and to worship his name. And even if we only did that for a moment at the end, I believe we achieved that objective. So that's good. I'm pleased with that. So I'm feeling a bit better now. I'm feeling a bit happier. Um, Let's get into what I was planning on saying this morning. I should start by saying, so so this is a a unique meeting, isn't it? Because it's the last Sunday in the year and I always feel for for quite a few years we've discussed this meeting and what do you do with this meeting? It's that week in between Christmas and New Year, no one knows what day of the week it is, no one knows where they are or everyone's kind of tired and all of that stuff and and then, what do we do with it? And we always felt at the beginning that the, the best thing for this meeting was really to have an element of thanksgiving in the meeting because it's the end of the year and you're about to go into the new year. And there's something about it. If you understand God and what he says in his word, he really he tells us to lead with thanksgiving and to lead with praise and to lead with worship. So it's a great place to end and begin. So I'm going to start with a little bit of personal testimony, a little bit of personal thanksgiving. I'll keep it brief. Um, some of you will know my, my family upbringing, my family is a complicated family. That, that would be fair to say, wouldn't it? That wouldn't be an exaggeration to say my family is complex. Really, really complex. Um, my, I was estranged from my dad when I was very young. We lost contact and it got harder and harder. To, to keep in touch and to keep, in fact, it wasn't even just keep in touch, there was zero contact, let's be honest about it. Um, but many of you know, last year, there was a, 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 such an incredible, incredible testimony that I've touched on at the end of last year. And, and it basically came from a post from my dearest brother, who at the time I didn't know, I'd never met, I knew of him, but didn't really know him. And he just put this post out, it, oh, it's gone dark, 
Oh, it's back on. We, we, we okay with the lighting? Is, is the lighting going to go off in a minute? Is that another, another issue we're going to have? But he put a post on the internet out into the ether and, and it was basically looking... He'd seen something from many years earlier that we still don't know to this day who put it on. But anyway, he saw this post and responded to it. And it was like, it's my brother. And, and basically, we got in touch with him and he came last year. And from a brother, that started from a dearest brother. I've got written down in here, dearest brother. That's what I wrote. I wrote dearest brother Melvin. I put that down. Um, and it's, it, he, already, he already had a faith and a belief in God and, and I think it's probably fair to say he was a Christian. Um, but it's also fair to say in the last 12 months that his journey has, has gone on and has really kicked in and has gone further and all of that stuff. Anyway, some of you have met him. He came for the first time the end, this time last year, and we just can't keep the guy away. He lives, he lives in Lille in France, and he keeps kind of coming back to England. Why wouldn't you? When you've got the sun and everything that we have at this time of year, it's amazing and incredible. But anyway, um, it is a great, great pleasure this morning that I am joined by, if I've got my dearest brother on that side, I have my dearest sister on that side and I can equally say uh, my dearest brother-in-law as well I can really really say that he's French but it's still easy to say <laughs> hey we this is Anglo Ang, Anglo French, what, what's the word? Yeah, Anglo-French relations have really improved. I know Brexit is going on, but we're doing our bit to, to keep that Euro thing flying. It's, it's, going, it's in good health, I can promise you that. Um, oh, there's so much I could say. I mean, my family's been separated. I've got written down here, I've got, we've been separated, abandoned, mistreated, held back, come through incredible hardship, suffered the worst loss you could ever imagine. Uh, been knocked down, but got back up again. Yeah. I can say I've got. Th I'm 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 the eldest of three brothers and three sisters, and I can say that. Yeah, there's a fighting spirit in my family, yeah. and there's some incredible things going on. I'm not just joined. In fact, as I'm looking, I'm not just joined. I, I I've got nieces and nephews in as well. In fact, oh, but wow, they're all in. Is 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 Ronald in or is he in with the kids? Ronald's in with the kids, okay. Ronald's in with the kids, my youngest. You'll, you'll, I'm sure many of you will get to say hello, but my niece Louise is in and Rose is in and, and so on, and it's all great and it's all good. Um, but it's been an incredible, incredible testimony. I found out a year ago, or not, just over a year ago, I'd been searching for my family, never been able to find any of them. Found Melvin through the post, Found out at the same time, literally at the same time that my dad was dead, who'd spent 40 years searching for. Found out that one of my sisters had died, who I'd spent a long time looking for. I did know my sister who died as well, but we'd got separated as well, as seems to happen in my family. Um, but that's all in the past now. We're not going to allow that to continue, are we, Michelle? That's not going to carry on now. That's, that's changed for good. Um, but God has done the most incredible thing. We had Christmas together last year in France, and we've done it in the UK this year, and it's been incredible. And glory and praise God. What an incredible, incredible thing it has been. Whew. 
If any of you remember, surprise, surprise, and you know them things, it, it's been like an episode of that, but it just keeps going on. One of my sisters I've still not even met yet, it just keeps going on. And on. Anyway, come on, let's say it in faith. Have we got it up, Tracy? I, I, I never, come on, we should, have we got this up, Trace? Come on. Technical problems. Okay, I'm going to say it and join in with me if you know the words. Here we go. Here we go. I am a child of God, so I'm entitled to all the benefits that brings. Right now, I'm ready to listen to all that God has to say to me and to respond with faith, belief, and to be changed by His Word. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's do it. So we say that in faith and we believe it in faith. I want to talk to you this morning. Last week we talked about the real victory. I want to talk to you this morning really about what it takes to achieve the real victory. What it takes to live the life of your dreams, to achieve your dreams. What, what you've got to have. And actually it's quite apt for the disaster and car crash that we seem to have this morning and all the battles that were going on and everything. But there's some key elements that you need if you want to be successful, if you want to do well in life, if you want to achieve your dreams. And listen, your dreams can be anything. They don't have to be grand. doesn't have to be wanting to be the President of the United States or the President of France or the Prime Minister or any of these things. You could be anything. Your goal could be anything. It could be something very, very simple, but it could be your dream. It could be what you know that you're called to do. But no matter what it is, no matter what it is that you are called to do in your life, there are some fundamental things, some characteristics, some traits that you're going to need if you're going to see it through to the end. You've got to have these things. And one of them, the first one I want to start with, I've got three, but I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know if we're going to get through three this morning. You might only get two, and we might have to go to the third next week maybe. Who knows? But the first one, there's lots of different words you could use to describe this. I'm going to ease you in with persistence. Do you like that word? Persistence. Really where I'm going with is hard work. That's where I'm going. That's what we're talking about this morning. We're starting that off. It's hard work. I was a teacher for years, right? And, and one of the myths that I saw that was put out there in teaching, not so much by teachers, because they knew better, but generally you'd, you'd, you'd hear it about certain people, said about these people, that some people don't need to work hard. They are so gifted, they are so talented that they can just breeze through life and it will all just come to them. They just turn up in the exam and they just know all the answers. They are that gifted and that talented, they just know the answers. They don't even have to attend a lesson or anything like that. They can just turn up and they know it all. Whatever they turn their hand to is easy. It's never a problem. It's never difficult. They never face any problems. There's never any challenges. It is all just so simple for them. They just breeze through it all. Anyone ever heard that? It's generally by mothers whose sons tend to be a bit gifted and they love to say that, oh, my, my son, my daughter. Anyone done that about the kids? We all do it at times, don't we? But you get this, this thing that's, that, that's spread out that actually you don't need to work hard. This person, he never, he never revised. He just turned up and he did really, really well and it was all easy for him. Wow. Do not believe that for a single minute. Do not believe that. It is a myth. 
It is not true. There is not a single person on this planet that can breeze through life without, without ever having to work hard, without, having, without ever having to face challenges or difficulties. It's not borne out by the facts. It's not borne out by the testimony. It's not borne out by my experience of life. And I can't imagine as a person, and anyone in this room, is that your experience of life? Anyone? Come on, anyone. There's a quite, we're quite, you know, good number in here. Anyone? Just breeze through life, never had any problems. Never had, so where are these people that everyone talks about that just find it so, so easy? Where are they? Where do they live? Where do they, are they all in France, Paul? Is that where they are? That's what we're led to believe. The French, they have it easy. They've got that je ne sais quoi. And I'm having met Paul and got to know him. He has that je ne sais Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> Those people that think you can just breeze through life without any hard work, without, without trying efforts and all of that, I promise you they fail in the end. They fail in the end. Yes, gifts and talents have their place. And actually, we all have a certain element of gift and talent. Some are more gifted than others. That's fine. But it doesn't matter what your level of gifting, what your level of talent, you have to match that with hard work and persistence. And faith is what I am talking about. You have to have that. Without it, you will fail in the end. The problems will come. The difficulties will arise. Or, or you, you live in some rich family that has so much money that you don't have to lift your finger and do anything. You can just sit back and everything is brought to you and you don't ever have any problems. You don't have to worry about anything. But I would argue you live in a, a, a wasteful, meaningless, insignificant life. I'll give you an example. Imagine, okay, imagine you hear about this mountain that you could climb. I took my family to the Lake District yesterday. They were stunned by the scenery and thought it was amazing, incredible. Imagine, right, you decide to climb one of the mountains. You're told about this mountain there that has the most incredible sunset, or sunrise, sorry, let's go with sunrise. And you're told that the way it just comes up over the other mountain is just stunning. It is something to behold. So you get up early in the morning, you arise, you, you, you maybe camp out overnight, you get up really, really early so that you can be at the top of that mountain to see the sunrise. That's going to take a bit of work and effort, isn't it? How does that compare, right? To, if you've got a telly in your bedroom or telly at home in the living room, <coughs> sticking the telly on and just watching it in the telly. Are they, are they the same thing? Are they, are they the, no. Any of us could sit at home and watch that on the telly and, all right, the telly's not really going to do it any justice, but I would argue that if you just sit back and it's just brought to you, it doesn't have anywhere near the same meaning when you've had to work hard for it, when you've had to put yourself out, when you've had to do something to, to get yourself up, to motivate yourself, to overcome that getting up early in the morning. We climbed Snowden, um, a, a bunch of our 18 to 30s group, and I went with them because I'm not far off that age group. And... <laughs> 
it, it, was, it, was, it was absolutely hammering it down. Some of you were in here and went up with us and it was, it was really a tough climb. I've done Snowden quite a few times and, and this was a difficult one. And we got to the top and we were all absolutely dripping wet. And, and, and anyway, we started coming down. By the time we got about halfway up the mountain, we were just in hill fog and you couldn't see a thing. It, you were just kind of seeing you know, a few feet ahead of you and all that usual stuff. And on the way down, we got uh, maybe about a third of the way down the mountain. You couldn't see a thing. You were just in, in this fog. And all of a sudden, there was, there was crowds of people as there, as there are at the top of Snowden and, and coming down. All of a sudden, everyone stopped. Everyone stopped. Those that didn't realise everyone was stopping and stopped to see what was going on. And just to the left... As we're heading down the mountain, all of a sudden, the, the, the hill flow, it was incredible. I, I filmed it, but it'll never do it justice. It'll never do it justice as to what we saw. It was like this window of fog opened up. Anyone there remember it? Anyone in there remembered this? This, wi- yeah, there's hands going up. This window of fog just cleared and you could see there's a lake halfway up Snowden. You could see it in the distance and it was like a picture. It was literally like this incredible, incredible picture. It was just the most incredible, amazing thing. And that's significant. I could have put that on the video and shown it to you and shown you the video of it. It wouldn't have meant as much to you as it meant to all of us that were up there and and spent the three hours climbing and the three hours coming back down to see it. That alone made it worthwhile. It was incredible. It was the most wonderful, wonderful dreams. If you want to have and live your dreams, then you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to work hard in life. It doesn't all come easy. And all the people who work hard said, come on, come on. It doesn't all come easy in life. You have to work hard. You know, there are graces in life. And when I say graces, what I mean are the things that come for free. The things that just land on your lap. There are meant to be some things in life that just land on your lap. And they're okay, and they're good, and they're amazing, they're incredible, right? The thing about those is, right, they are great and they're sweet. And sometimes when you've been battling and you've been working really, really hard and life's been a challenge... And suddenly something just falls into your lap and you've not had to work for it and it's really, really easy. That's really nice, isn't it? I'm not against those things. I'm not saying those things shouldn't happen. That is the grace of God who just decides to do those things. But the thing about all of those things is that not one of those things in my life has ever earned me the respect that I have in my life. None of them. None of those things, none of those free gifts have ever earned me the love that I might have in my life. None of them. None of those free things have ever earned me anyone's faithfulness towards me. They don't earn you those things. They are nice, they are great at the moment, but they do not earn you the real things that you need. When you work hard, when you give it everything, when you are there before anyone else, when you stay later than anyone else, when you work harder than anyone else, when you put yourself out, when you go out of your way, when you do all of the things that we're talking about this morning, It earns you a level of respect, a level of faithfulness, a level of love that all the free things in life can never, ever get you. It's money in the bank. It's literally money in the bank. And those things come back to you. 
all the time. God says, I want to talk about some characters that God lifts up in the Bible. Some of the greatest characters in the Bible. You could, could be, if you know the Bible well, a little bit, it's not meant to be like Hebrews 11, the, 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 the hall of fame of the men of faith. But it, a little bit like that. Let's just talk about some of these men. First one I want to mention is Abraham. Abraham. Abraham worked hard. Abraham was a hard-working man. His journey was one where he had to go and work hard in a foreign land. It wasn't a, a place that he was used to. He was from another place and in the midst of it, God told him and spoke to him and gave him a word. The Bible calls Abraham the great man of faith. Abraham is known for his faith. His faith was incredible. It says of Abraham, he believed God and his faith was accounted to him as righteousness. Abraham was found righteous by his faith. But Abraham's faith was found in his hard work and his persistence. The fact that when God said go, he didn't just believe him. He didn't just say, oh brilliant God, so where you want me to go is over there. I believe you. But I'm just going to sit here and just relax and enjoy myself and, and, and out tomorrow. We'll head off tomorrow. We'll go tomorrow. And then tomorrow, it's like oh, it's raining today so, and it's difficult and I'm struggling. I've maybe not got the finance that I need to go and I don't really know the way. I've not learned the language. I need, to, I need to learn the language. Once I know the language and I've learned all the phraseology, then I'll go and, and just keep putting it off. No, Abraham went. Yeah. He went. He got up and he went. He went to a foreign land, to a place he didn't know. It's not like today. He didn't have sat-nav. <laughs> he couldn't just punch in the postcode and, and rock up and there was no problem. He didn't have Google Translate so he could figure out what they were saying and get to know them. He didn't have the protection of the local police force to make sure that he was okay, that he didn't get robbed or, 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 or hurt or by the locals or anything like that. Abraham went to a land, to a place, to a people that he did not know and he worked hard when he got there. He didn't just turn up and it was all handed to him on a plate. He turned up and it still took decades for him to receive the promise that God had given to him. He fought wars. He fought battles. It wasn't just handed to him. He worked for it. But he did it all on the promise that God had given to him. And it was difficult at times. There were times when people were against him. There were times when it was a struggle. There were times when he messed up. Amen. I mean, I've said before, I, I still to this day, I cannot get over, right? Abraham is a blessed man, right? He, he, he passed his wife off as his sister to protect himself. Got away with it. And then did it again. How's that woman? How was that woman still with him? I, 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 oh, yeah. I wouldn't even dare. Woo. But he, he, he left his comfort behind. You see, he was blessed in the land that he was in. 
He could have stayed where he was and and just lived a comfortable life, but he left it behind and he chose to go with the promise of God, which was more difficult. And he did it in faith. Second man I want to talk about, we've got a few to get through this morning. There's so many we can mention, by the way. It's Jacob. We could talk about Isaac, but there's not time to talk about every character in the Bible. We'll be here till tomorrow. But we'll, we'll talk about Jacob for a minute. Jacob worked, worked hard for his mum and dad in his homeland. It's been talked about Jacob that he was a deceiver. Anyone heard that? Anyone heard he was a deceiver? Uh, one day we'll challenge that because that's not strictly true that he was completely a deceiver. Because it's talked about, that the word that used to describe deceiver can mean different things in the Hebrew. Uh, and equally, so if Jacob was a deceiver, and the implication being that he was somehow a bad person because he deceived those of you that are Christians and know the Bible, what about Rahab? Just leave that one with you for a moment. But for seven years... He, he, he was sent off to his uncle because he was desperate to have the things of God. And so he challenged his brother, who was really entitled to them, and he challenged him to get the things of God that, God, that he knew, that he believed in faith, and the Bible bears this out, that God wanted him to have, but he had to fight for it. It wasn't just handed to him on a plate, he had to fight for it. And, and when he got it, he didn't just get it, he had to go and run and flee. But he went off to, his, to his, his uncle to go and work for his uncle. He worked for his uncle for seven years for the girl that he loved. That's it. I was, I was hoping it might be a bit, bit louder than that. But yeah, that was the kind of response I was looking for. He worked for seven years for the girl that he loved. And what happened? He got the other one. <laughs> He got the other one, only to have to work another seven years, because if he was a deceiver, then he was certainly deceived himself. He had to work another seven years to get the woman that he loved, and he did that, and he got the woman that he loved, and everyone went, ah. He was a hard, hard worker, but he earned the respect of his family. He earned the respect of his wives and of his children. He was a hard-working man. Jacob's son, Joseph. Joseph was a gifted man. He was a talented man. Right from the very beginning, Joseph had the gift of being able to interpret dreams. You, many of you will know the story. Amazing technical dream coat and all of that kind of stuff. We all know he, he was a dreamer and he interpreted dreams and all of that. But he was gifted. Basically, in his day, he had a gift and a talent that lots of people wanted. But he worked faithfully in that gift. When he was young, he worked for his father, even though he was the beloved one. But then when he ended up in prison, he went to, to well, sorry, before he ended, well, he ended up in a pit, didn't he, at first. But then he's taken off as a slave, worked for Potiphar. And then what does he do? He works hard. He's hardworking. He's diligent. He's faithful. He gets deceived by Potiphar's wife, who wants to basically sleep with him. Sorry if there's any kids in the room. Maybe should have put that slightly differently. I wasn't thinking. I was thinking all the kids would be in there. And, and then what happens is, basically, she then, when he refuses, when he does the right thing and refuses, hey, she screams wolf, and then he's arrested and he's thrown into prison where he does what? He goes and he works hard and he's faithful in prison. And he earns a good reputation in prison. And then eventually, 
eventually, after then interpreting someone's dreams in prison and then promising they'll sort him out, I'll look after you, I'll make sure, in fact, my brother-in-law, I don't gamble, but he brought a lottery ticket the other day, which I noticed, and I seem to remember we agreed on halves if he wins, but <laughs> we'll see where that goes. <laughs> He's shaking his finger now. <laughs> it must be a winning ticket. <laughs> Yeah. And then what happened? No, he forgot about him. But eventually he arose. He arose to be second, basically running the kingdom. He was running the kingdom. He worked hard. Was it easy? Not at all. Did he have to work faithfully with the gift? Yes, he was talented. Joseph was talented. He was a talented man, but he worked with his talent. He didn't just sit back and click his fingers and say, hey, all of this is going to come to me. It's all going to be easy. It was tough. It was hard work. What about Moses? What about Moses? Moses was passionate. Moses had a heart for righteousness. So when he saw one of his fellow countrymen being beaten and being mistreated, he went and stepped in and ended up killing the guy that was doing it and had to flee for 40 years. And eventually God speaks to him through a burning bush and says, no, I want you to go back. I want you to rescue your people. I want you to take your, your, well, think about this for a moment. In fact, this wasn't in my, mo- in my notes. But when you think about Moses, right, when God called him and said, I want you to go, I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to tell him to let my people go. Okay? Now, this people, if you don't know the story, uh, just very briefly, the people that he was on about were all working as slaves in Egypt. They were building all the, all the great pyramids and all, the, all that stuff. They were building all of that for Pharaoh. It was free labor. In fact, in the end, they, told them to, they had to make their own bricks. It was that much free labor. And God tells Moses, no, you're going to go and you're going to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Just let them go. Just give up all that free labor. Anyone think that's going to be a tricky thing? That's like trying to go to someone and say, right, I want your house. I want you to give it to me. I don't want you to give I don't want to give you any money for it. I just want you to let that house go <laughs> to its rightful owner. I mean that's a tricky negotiation that one, isn't it? That's a tricky one that. Moses worked He worked passionately for a cause that he believed in. He worked so hard that eventually when he took his people out, when he'd been successful and led his people out of captivity into the wilderness, a people that kept on getting on his back and and arguing with him and moaning at him and calling him up not fit to burn, wanting to stone him, ungrateful, didn't care, you name it, all of that stuff. Eventually, his, uh, Jethro, his father-in-law, meets him and has to advise him to calm it down and to be a bit more sensible and get some other people doing the work. David, another skillful man. He was skilled musician. He was a skilled warrior. Even as a child... He was fighting bears and lions and all of this stuff as a a child looking after the sheep while he's ignored by his own father. While he's not just ignored when 
the priest comes to say, hey, the new king is in this house. It's one of your sons. And he goes through each son and God says, no, it's not him. Bring the next one. No, it's not him. The next one. Bring the next one. No, it's not him. Bring the next one. Goes through every single son. God says no to every single one. He says, is this all your sons? Because God said it's none of these. Yeah, yeah, that's all of them. David's out in the field. David's out in the field. There's a son there out in the field. The prophet's saying to him, hey, you must have another son. And he's going, "Um, no, this is it. This is all of them. Oh, there's this one guy out in the field, but you don't want to look at him. That's just David. He's just a kid. Ignored. Discounted. Not considered. But what was he doing? He was working hard. He was working hard. Man couldn't see it, but God could. God knew. And you know what? Hard work always pays off in the end. Hard work always pays off in the end. All, all the gifts and the talents are great. And, and, and you know, but here's the thing, right? All your gifts and your talents, you may be incredibly gifted. You may be incredibly talented. You may be really clever. You could be all of them things. But I promise you, all them gifts and talents that you have will deteriorate in the end. There'll be days when they let you down. There'll be days when all your gifts and your talents aren't enough. Yeah. And only persistence faithfulness, hard work, keeping on going, having the right character, having the right attitude, never giving up, always believing, keeping on going will be the only thing that will get you through because others will will give up and you'll have to outlast them. You'll have to keep on going. When others give up and say it's too hard, you've got to keep on going. You've got to keep on trying. You've got to keep on believing. He could go on forever about David and the opposition he faced. What about Paul? New Testament Paul, the apostle. It's said of Paul that he worked harder than anyone else. The Bible says that Paul worked harder than anyone else. Incredible. Incredible. He overcome a a, a past that was really bad. He wasn't brought up. In fact, he was brought up, if you like, in the inner circle, in with the good guys, in with the in crowd, but he rejected them for God, just like Abraham did. He rejected them for, for what was right, for what God had called him to do. And he fought difficulties. Oh, it was tough. Oh, it was hard. He was in prison. He was beaten. He was mistreated. And he worked and worked and worked. He put himself out there. What about Noah? Do you reckon it, it took Noah, if you read through it, between 55 and 75 years to build the ark? Not only did he have to build the ark when all of those animals turned up, he had to shepherd them all in and get them in the right pens and all of that kind of stuff. Then he had to look, look after them when they were out on the sea. And then until the waters receded, he had to look after them. He had to battle with people who didn't believe him, who thought he was an idiot. You're building an ark, there's never been any rain. What a fool. He had to battle with it. He had to tell his own family. What about Peter? Peter had no discernible talent whatsoever. If you think about it, other than he was a fisherman. 
He was called illiterate. He was called stupid. He didn't really have anything to offer except he could work hard. He knew how to work hard. He made a fool out of himself on countless occasions. But he ended up being the most respected disciple of them all. They would lay out the sick just so that his shadow, they would find out the route he would take, and they would lay the sick out just that Peter's shadow would cast over them that they may be healed. On and on and on. Proverbs 12, in fact Colossians said this, work with all of your heart. Work with all of your heart. Uh, Proverbs 12, 11 says this, a hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies has no sense. A hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies has no sense. Proverbs 13, 4 says this, lazy people want much, don't they always, but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. Proverbs 14, 23 says this, the NIV puts it this way, I like this, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Tell them I'm busy, I'll phone them back in a bit. And perhaps my favourite one of all the verses on hard work will be this one, work hard and become a leader, be lazy and become a slave. Some of you don't want to hear that. Ooh. Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. The point of this message is to firstly encourage all of you who are already working hard not to give up, to keep on going. Do not stop. Do not fall into the trap of thinking that all of your hard work is in vain. That all of your labour is in vain. That everything you're doing just because you're not seeing the fruit as you expect to see it, that it's not going to pay off. I promise you, keep faithful. Keep working hard. Keep doing what you're doing and you will achieve in the end. There's something else I want to talk about that's important that might help you as well, that you might need. Because it's not all just about hard work. But we're focusing on that this morning. You kind of get that. Sometimes you want to focus on a particular area. Galatians 6.9 puts it this way. It says, And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. In other words, if you keep working hard, if you keep doing the right thing, in the end, you will get the, the due reward for your hard work. It will come to you in the end. But don't give up. But don't give up. And God it wants to encourage you and wants to commend you this morning. All of you that work so hard, that work so hard in your workplace, in your businesses, even when no one's looking. The Bible talks about us working hard when no one's around to see it because we work for God. Even though your boss might not even see all that great work that you've done, how hard, work, how hard you've worked, actually he probably does. He may be just that he doesn't acknowledge it. Come on what God sees. Even if your boss doesn't see, even if it feels like he's against you, God sees and he is a rewarder. 
of those who diligently seek him, it says in the word. Keep seeking him. He will reward you. Some of you think that God cursed hard work in, right in the beginning in Genesis with the curse, you remember, with Adam and Eve and, and oh yeah, well, but hard work and you know, that's the sweat of the brow and all that. But God never cursed hard work, you know. If you read it, he cursed the ground. He didn't curse hard work. He cursed the ground. There's nothing wrong with hard work. Sometimes you've just got to, if it's not working for you, get up earlier. Stay later. Don't find out what it is you've got to do. Put more hours in. Work harder. Don't stop. Never give up. Take a day off though. Take a day off each week. That's another message. You can get it on the podcast. Second thing I want to talk about just briefly in the time we've got, which is minus four minutes, so we'll be really quick with this one. Anyway, we'll be really fast with this one. Okay, so uh, we'll, we'll go straight to it. Matthew 14, 28 to 29. Maybe the band will come up and, and give you some hope that I'm going to end quite quickly. It says this, Matthew 14, 28 to 29 says, Then Peter called him, called to him, Lord, if it is really you. This is the story of, of Jesus approaching the disciples walking on water and then Peter basically standing there seeing Jesus and saying, Lord, if it's really you, if it's really you. Now I want to just pull out a couple of little things from this that are really important because it's not just about hard work. Peter starts off by asking, Lord, if it's really you. Because what he's about to say is, then tell me and I'll get out and I'll walk on the water. But what he says there, if it's really you, is really important because he doesn't just trust himself. He is an experienced fisherman, so he knows in the middle of the night, this was occurring in the middle of the night, right? In the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, it's dark, the, your mind can play, play tricks with you. You can see things that aren't there. You can imagine things. Anyone? We can all do that, can't we? We can all imagine things that maybe we want or maybe we're hoping for. But Peter's wise enough to, to, to check and say, Lord, Lord, if it is really you. If you believe that, you see, the, the second thing that I'm going to say to you that I'm pulling out here is that it's not just enough to work hard. You've got to know faith isn't just about just wanting something and then going and working hard to get it. That's what the world do. That's what the world do. But people who believe in God, people who follow God, people who live the life believing that there's more to life than just this. And just working nine to five and achieving something that by the time you're dead is all going to be gone. And maybe you can pass it on to your children. But hey, they might mess it all up themselves. Who knows? No, we're talking about people who believe that there is a God. That there is a rewarder. That there is faith. That there is a higher power. That we are here on this earth for more than just eat, sleep, repeat and all of that stuff that goes in between. And if you believe that, if you believe there's more to life than this, then really we're not doing it for the applause of man. We're not doing it for what we can get out of it. We're doing it in faith. We're doing it because we believe in. We believe in what we've been told, not just by those who maybe know better than us, 
but by God. Ultimately by God. We believe in him. We're looking to him. We're wanting to take his lead and his direction in our lives, not just our own desires and what we want, because that's not faith. But when it's God, when he's in it, that's different. That then truly is faith. And Peter knew that. That's why, he, uh, even though he messed up so many times, as we've already mentioned, that's why he started off by saying, Lord, if it's really you. But then he goes on to say, to say this. He says, then tell me to come to you. If it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. He was specific. He didn't just say, hey, if it's really you, then I'm just going to get out of the boat and walk or tell me to come, blah, blah, blah. No, he was specific. He said, tell me to come to you walking on the water. He's about to risk his life. We sometimes forget this in this story. He's about to risk his life. He's, he's a fisherman, an experienced fisherman. He's in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. The, the, the story says there's already a storm going on. The terrified, experienced fishermen are terrified in the boat and he's about to get out of the boat and walk on the water. He's about to risk his life, be under no illusion about that whatsoever. But he's sensible enough to check and to say, hey God, right, firstly, if it's you. Secondly, then I want to be specific about what it is you want me to do or what it is I'm about to do, what I'm going to ask of you. If it's really you, Tell me to come walking on the water. I want to make sure you not just come walking on the water as well. But notice, there's no question about how. Yeah. You didn't ask about gravity. He, he, he's not asking about that thing that, that stops, you know, when you get little light insects and they're just able to walk along the, the water. Surface tension, thank you. I couldn't remember the name of it. Surface tension. He, he doesn't ask him about surface tension. He doesn't say, hey, uh, you know, are my feet going to be okay on this? How's this going to work? How are you going to do it? No, all he's concerned with is, is it you? And I want to be specific about what it is you want me to do because then I'm going to step out and I'm going to do it and the how and, and all of that, I'll worry about that later. And Jesus says, yes, Come. And you know, it's often mentioned in this story that Peter took his eyes off Jesus. Anyone heard that, that preach? It's been preached on so many times, this story, hasn't it, you know? And, and Jesus took his eyes off, sorry, Peter took his eyes off Jesus. And, and as soon as he took his eyes off Jesus, you know, and the, and the moral of the story being, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Anyone heard people preach that? But, but actually, I'm not sure that's what you can take from the story because actually when Peter starts to drown, when he starts to fall into the water, yes, it says he's looking at the wind and, ra and rain and the waves and all of that jazz, but it says he's terrified. And when, Peter, when Jesus speaks to Peter, he doesn't criticise him for keep taking his eyes off him. He criticises him for not believing in him, for not trusting him. That's all that's all Jesus criticises Peter for, that in the middle of the storm, it's not that you've took your eyes off me, it's that you're not trusting me. I've told you to come and you're not trusting me. The moral being, and there's so many things we could mention and talk about, but if you want to live your dreams, 
If you, particularly at the end of 2019, we're going into a new year. Hopefully you've got hopes and dreams. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you're so destroyed and crushed from 2019. Maybe 2018. Maybe the last 20 years have crushed you. Maybe it's just been a, a terrible millennium. If you want to see the 20s be better than the 10s and the O's and whatever we want to call them. Two things you need that are essential. One is you need to know. If you're a Christian in this place, if you're wanting to live a life of faith, you need to be certain that it is God that is speaking to you, not just yourself and your own imagination. And secondly, work hard. It's hard work. It's tough. When you have a morning like this and these guys are up here and they're struggling, it's hard and they know they know how difficult it is. They could have just got down and said, oh no, I've had enough of this, this is too hard, I'm going to get down. No, 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 persistence, they keep on going, they keep on fighting. The guys at the back, they're, they're working, trying to sort out the problems, coming in earlier, thinking, planning how we can make it better next week, all of that stuff. Nothing's easy, got to work hard at it. But if you keep on working hard, in faith, believing in something that you're certain that God has given to you, that you know that it's come from Him, He's with you. Trust him. He will see you through. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you.